0: My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Hey everyone, Dr. Hondorp here, back with this episode about why you need more accountability, but not to the type that you think. So we're going to dive into all about accountability, and I'm curious, when you read the title, You Need More Accountability, what came up for you? Were you kind of like, heck yes I do, I know I do, or did it make you cringe or sort of be annoyed with me. If the latter is true, nice work for hitting play on this episode anyway. That shows willingness to experience discomfort and not to avoid a feeling that we don't like. So whether or not accountability sounds like something you can't wait to get more of or kind of makes you annoyed, this episode is for you. So we're going to talk about why the right type of compassionate accountability is so key to moving towards any goal or thing that matters to us. How our ideas about this sort of rugged individualism can harm our ability to make progress towards what matters and how to increase accountability in effective ways so that you don't waste any more time or money on ineffective time-wasting tools. So in terms of our big important goals, I'd like you to think about the things that you've accomplished in your life. So maybe it's your education or maybe it's related to parenting or your career. I want you to think about some of the things that helped you excel and meet those goals. So sometimes when I talk to people about developing autonomous motivation or intrinsic motivation, they get this idea that intrinsic motivation is the best type, it's the most ideal, so we have to always, or they should always want to do the behavior that they're trying to increase, always feel great about it. Kind of this idea, like if you work hard enough on your mindset, you'll... Get to this point where you'll naturally wake up every day wanting to exercise, wanting to eat nourishing foods, and while we're at it, wanting to do all the other things you need to do in your day like working, caring for the kids, cleaning, laundry, dishes. You'll do all these things effortlessly, feel great, and hey, look, you know, you have this optimal, motivated, intrinsic life. And while I truly believe it's very possible to get to a much more flexible, confident relationship to food, your body, your emotions. It's important to remember that autonomous motivation, the type we're trying to increase is more than just intrinsic. So autonomous motivation is the type of motivation associated with long-term change. And within autonomous motivation, there's technically three different types of motivation within that. So identified, integrated, and intrinsic. Identified and integrated are similar, and they are about doing a behavior because it's consistent with your identity and how you want to show up in the world. Intrinsic is the one where you get inherent satisfaction out of the behavior itself. So you enjoy it because it's enjoyable or challenging or interesting or something about it you like and you would do regardless of whether it got you some other thing, other outcome. So as you think about the things in your life that you want to do that are hard or maybe uncomfortable that you maybe don't like or maybe you hate doing, how do you get yourself to do it? So you might not be fully conscious of this or aware of this, but let's break it down and and take an example of grocery shopping. So we're going to take an example of a made up person named Anna. She's a mother of three boys and she works full time. She's separated from her husband and she has full-time custody and her mother lives with her and helps out, but isn't very mobile. So Anna's responsible for all of the grocery shopping for the family and she really hates grocery shopping. She's definitely not intrinsically motivated to do it. She's tired at the end of her day, understandably, and she shops one to two times a week and cooks, but frankly, doing these things is the last thing she wants to do. But she does do it on a regular basis. So whether she's aware of it or not, she often, we often aren't like fully conscious of this, but she, in this example, her strong value of cooking at home for her family is driving that behavior. And so this is, let's say let's, you know, that's the way her mother raised her. It's very congruent with her identity to make this happen. And that's kind of a a value or belief operating under the surface. So, This idea is if we were truly intrinsically motivated for all behaviors consistent with our values, then maybe we wouldn't need accountability. But the reality is if you value growth and pursuing meaning in your life, and I'm not just talking about eating and exercise, certainly here, I'm talking about more broader meaning you're not going to be intrinsically motivated to do everything you want to do on a daily basis because growth is uncomfortable and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is not natural. So we have to have accountability to do that. And so in terms of weight loss and how this applies to our relationship with food, if you buy into the BS messages that were fed by the media, like just follow this plan and you'll never feel hungry and you'll lose weight effortlessly and just life will be amazing. You can fall into this trap of believing that getting to this truly intrinsic place for eating or exercise or really anything in your life is like the goal. It's like, we're going to just feel good and think positive and and just get there. Like we're working hard now, but we're going to just get there one day when really getting to a more intrinsic, flexible place with eating and exercise is very possible. But the interesting thing about it is you kind of take this backdoor approach of getting out of diet mentality shoulds and shame. And you want to know what helps with getting out of diet mentality because it's hard to do in our society is support and accountability. So Support and accountability helps you to uncover things that you're ashamed about, remind us that you're not alone in thinking about it this way, and it's common, and a new way of relating to our bodies and a new way of thinking about it is possible. So support and accountability can also show us, help us to show up to the discomfort that we might or likely are avoiding when we, for example, eat, when we're not hungry, or we diet or over focus on diet or our body to invo- avoid uncomfortable emotions. So this idea that I hear a lot, people very frustrated with themselves, like, why am I not more motivated to take care of myself? Um, this is probably a more complicated reason than we have time to get into today. I mean, especially for women, there's a ton of pressures, even back to our experience of Anna. And we'll talk about this in a moment. Like, this idea that she should just suck it up and do it, um, you know, we have to kind of step back and look at our beliefs about what we think is reasonable to do and what how much we place on women. But that's a whole nother discussion, an important one. But I hear it all the time, like people like Anna get frustrated with their, themselves, like I'm, why am I not more motivated to care for myself? When most outsiders can look at her life and see that she's got a heck of a lot going on and... While Anna might think she should do cardio and strength training, she has a hard time finding time for this, understandably, and hard time getting started um, because exercise causes pain for her because she hasn't been doing it a lot. And she also just, you know, is probably very tired, understandably. So supportive, non-judgmental accountability can be really helpful for moving towards behaviors we want to do but are very uncomfortable to do and for... Someone like Anna, she might know walking a strength training will eventually lead her to a goal of better, you know, mobility, reduced joint pain and better well-being. But this idea of like doing it in little bits here and there might not feel very meaningful. And that's where support and accountability can come in and remind her, no, you doing it a little bit a couple times a week is definitely important and you don't have to do this overhaul. You can, but it can be really challenging to do. And so you want to do it a little bit, feel a little bit better, feel a little bit more mobile, which can maybe make her more in tune with her body. Maybe look at some other shifts that she can make because the idea of going on a walk or doing some strength training or something means dealing with the discomfort of having the thought, I don't want to do it. And why am I not more motivated? And along with the discomfort of doing it, even though you're tired and even though it causes some pain in the short term and you might feel winded, which all can trigger body shame and thoughts about your body, that's where support and accountability can be so helpful because you don't want to just avoid it if it's truly a value-based behavior that you know will be helpful for you. And having the, we're going to talk next episode about Psychological flexibility, but being able to say, like, yep, I can have that thought. I can have that uncomfortable thought and still do the thing that matters to me. I have choice. So we don't have to feel good first necessarily. The ultimate goal is to feel better overall. But sometimes we do have to deal with discomfort of a thought, emotion that we don't want to have in the short term so we can feel better in the long term in our bodies. So that is where supportive accountability, non-judgmental accountability is key. So this idea that we're supposed to just be intrinsically motivated all the time sets us up for failure versus when you choose accountability that's compassionate, non-judging, not shaming, it's going to help move you towards gradually doing more, feeling proud of yourself, gradually gradually having less pain and celebrating that process along the way but it's not this overnight success that we somehow expect ourselves to do. So accountability can also mean, I alluded to this a minute ago, but it can mean looking at your beliefs differently as well. So a lot of times accountability means looking at all the things that you have on your plate. And even going back to our Anna example, maybe we're looking at ways to work smarter, not harder. So We all have these rigid ideas about what we should do in our lives and what we should need help with and what we shouldn't need help with. And it's based on our societal pressure of this like rugged individualism. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just do it. Just suck it up. And I mean, I hear so many times, like, I'm an adult. I should be able to do this. I don't know why I can't keep my house clean. It's like, well, maybe because you have a lot going on. And You know, instead of shaming ourselves, really just taking a step back and saying, are there places where I could ask for help from a family member or friend or is there certain things? Obviously, it's a privilege to be able to pay for certain services like grocery delivery or house cleaning services. So that is a privilege and it might be worth doing potentially for you, right? We don't have to have this buy into this hustle culture of just do it that we all can fall into really readily and it's not really serving anyone. Burned out, drained humans with no energy aren't a lot of value to the world. So that's just my two cents there. So some examples of supportive accountability. There's many ways to do this. So you could find or create a community online like a free Facebook group where all members agree to be supportive and not judgmental, and post their goals and check in with one another. You could also create a smaller one-on-one or four-person check-in each week via Zoom with a smaller amount of people, where everyone states their goals for the week. Maybe write them in a shared Google Doc and checks in in the following week on how things are going. I've done this, like I've had support and accountability for almost all things that like I really value in my life, so even just um you think about like our education system and well the system obviously has some concerns but as a broader thing those of us who go through different education programs most likely by the end of those education learning classes i you know might have been really motivated to learn about it but i probably wouldn't have done it without like having that accountability of having to finish right so other examples that i've used throughout my life for accountability is um I had a running partner when I wanted to run, start running regularly after college. Then I moved, I found a running group, a social group, and then I moved again and I decided I wanted to do at-home exercise. It was more convenient, conducive to a busy lifestyle. So then I had an online accountability group where uh, we would post, sometimes I would post the night before at 8 PM because I had this belief that I could not exercise in the morning. There's no way. And currently in my life, I don't exercise in the morning, but I know it's possible that I could. So in that time of my life, I would post at 8 PM the night before. And I'd say, Hey, I'm getting up at 5:30. I'm having my coffee and I'm doing a 30 minute workout starting six to six 30. And I'm going to post my picture, my sweaty face right when I'm done. Prior to this group, I really believed that there's zero chance I can do this and that I'm just, I just can't do it. I won't do it. But don't underestimate the power of accountability. And now I have way more confidence in myself that I can exercise at home, which is helpful given that I work for myself and work at home. So it's not easy per se. And um, I still actually sometimes use that support and accountability group. So in our body respect program i posted recently about how i wanted to do 21 days of yoga like 20 to 30 minutes a day which is a really big big goal for me but i needed to set a big goal cuz i was sort of bored with my very dabbling sporadic exercise and uh i needed extra accountability i was i probably would not i'm still in the middle of this 21 days i have not finished yet so i'm hoping the accountability works but it's like when it's a stretch goal, when it's kind of a, a decent stretch from what you're doing now, that's when accountability is really important. So currently I also have business related accountability groups and I check in regularly with others who are doing similar work to me and just working to do the, you know, things like online programs or podcasts, but also working to make a business more efficient and have a bigger impact without completely draining myself. That's, I need help with that. And these groups push me beyond my comfort zone. They push me to think about things differently. They believe me. They give me suggestions. I tell them what I plan to do. And then I make darn well sure that I do it because I said that I would. And it's not coming from a should-based place. It's coming from, this is important to me. I'm committing to it, but I do need some extra support staying accountable. So that is normal. So I hope this was helpful. And um, if in terms of the main ways to get non-shaming, helpful, supportive accountability, just to recap, you could join or create an online community You could join the Body Respect program in the fall if you'd like. You can recruit your family members or friends. You only need one person who's going to show up consistently with you. So if it's not in your home, make a standing Zoom call, shared Google Doc. We've never been more comfortable with these things than we are now. So take advantage of it. Also, I didn't mention this before, but you could find a health professional to check in with. This could be um, you know, a primary care physician or a professional, like a coach or a therapist that you check in with more regularly. There's lots of options here. I recently made an appointment with my, a chiropractor that I, I never was a chiropractor person, but I started getting into that after having, prior to having my second kiddo. And, uh, She's definitely a support and accountability check-in. How how are you doing? What's what's going on with your body? What can we do to make your body feel better? So, or look for an already established fitness or related community where you can feel seen, heard, and valued. And there's tremendous power in that. And um, I have heard good things about the community. Join this is a community that talks about exercise for diverse bodies j-o-y-n.com. So that's linked in the show notes. I have not checked it out myself yet, but I've heard good things. So if you find other good ones, let me know. Hope you found it helpful to hear about how to increase supportive, helpful, non-judgmental, compassionate accountability. So let me know one step you're going to do to increase your support and accountability system immediately. Once you do, send me a direct message on Instagram or tag me at psychology of wellness, or you can leave a review on the podcast and who knows, I might read it prior to another episode. So thanks so much. Have a wonderful day and talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in today. Your time is valuable and it means so much to me that you're here. Despite the title of this podcast, many of our topics are not always easy. Change is hard and let's face it, life and truly looking inward at ourselves can be uncomfortable. That's why I'm grateful. Grateful for you and your willingness to listen, learn, and keep an open mind. I invite you to learn more by going to drshawnhondorp.com or finding me on Instagram at psychology.of.wellness. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could give it a review so more people can find it. Thanks, and I truly hope you have an energetic and inspired day.